0: Not today, Satan, right? <laughs> no, not today. Or last night, or last night right? <clears throat> oh, we could, sing, we could sing of Jesus' praises for the next thousand years, and it would never be enough, right? We could sing of the glory of the Lord All day, every day. It would never be enough. And, uh, you know, the the great thing about, or the thing that we, uh, I guess you could could say it a little quickly and say, well, if you don't like singing, um, if you don't like singing to the glory of the Lord, then you're not going to enjoy heaven very much. Uh, because we're going to be doing a whole lot of that, right? Um, but, um. It's a great privilege that we have, a great honor that we have. Um, here we are in, in our, our series on um, staking a claim. Staking a claim uh, in the name of Jesus, saying across multiple different environments and relationships areas in our lives, not today, Satan. You can't have this, right? It says, uh, this part right here, this is like, um, I'm pounding a stake in the ground. that has got a little sign on it. It says, not today, Satan, right? Signed in the name of Jesus. Uh, Not my home. Can't have my home. You can't affect my home. You're not going to you're not going to ruin my home. You know? You're not going to you're not going to emotionally manipulate my home into turmoil and and chaos and and destruction. You can't have it. You can't have it. This home, it belongs to Jesus. So, so take notice and scram. Right? Um but it's not just about the home too, right? We all I think recognize environments where um we we want to say um okay this is you can't have this you can't have any of it right but you, you especially can't have this and like I'm watching you right and I'm I'm aware right because when we become aware of the schemes of the enemy to destroy and destruct the things that are closest to us and close to the heart of God, right? Then the whole game changes because no longer is there like sneak attacks. We begin to see, we begin to see um, why things are the way they are. You know what I'm saying? Like when we, when we become aware that there is a battle being waged around us, and that, and that Satan. W- to possess for the purposes of destruction my home my kids my marriage my mom right as we'll talk about on mother's day right when when i become aware that satan has a scheme and a plan to destroy those things my attitude towards defending those things becomes different Um, and that's really what draw, what we want to zoom in on and like draw attention to in this series is that like, Hey, um, do not be unaware, do not be sleeping, right? The, um, the, the, uh, okay. So, um, if you didn't know. Uh, last night I had um, a very, very big opportunity to participate in um, a a promotion, a martial arts promotion for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's an art that I've, I've practiced for a long time um, out in Pittsburgh. This anyway, I was had to fight this last night. Okay, and um, and one of the motivations, like. One of the motivations for training for that event was that um, I knew or I thought uh, every time I didn't want to go to the gym, my motivation for going to the gym was that my opponent was probably at the gym. Right? So my motivation to work hard, to get prepared to do the hard things, to get ready for the fight, was that I knew that my opponent was working equally as hard to beat me. And when we become aware that the enemy of our souls is always and forever working hard to destroy everything that is close to our heart and the heart of God, right a, f- a switch gets flipped in our spirits right and and it's like game on right because, because the re- the reality is that that we we fight you fight in the name of Jesus from a place of victory you're not you're not fighting to catch up right you're not not fighting to take ground You're you're fighting to claim the ground that Jesus has won for you, right? And and, and all that is necessary for you is to to take the flag of Jesus and to stick it firmly in the soil of your life so that the enemy takes notice that you're not blind to his schemes. right? And the game changes completely. Um, We're going to talk about our children this morning. Now, fully aware, some of you might not have children. It's okay. Substitute out children for anyone who is close to you. Anyone who is near and dear to your heart. Okay? Same thing this morning. Principles are all the same. Practices are all the same. Scripture is all the same. It doesn't change at all. Right? You may also have a niece or a nephew or a grandchild. Right? You may say, well, um, my kids are all grown. Even more important, right? It does not change, right? They're always your babies, right? Okay. Um, here's something that we, I think we uh, we don't often think about, all right? Especially when we're feeling particularly um, defeated in parenting. I'm failing. I'm not doing it right. Um, my kids are going in a direction. I, I'm not. I'm not cut out for this, right? Listen, um, God chose you to be your child's parent. He chose you. God could have chosen anyone. God could have chosen anyone to be the parent of your child. And he chose you. And God does not make mistakes. And God did not, God did not, that's not an accident on God's part. God God didn't screw up when He made your child yours. That was intentional. And because God does not make mistakes, and because God chose you specifically for the task of raising your specific child, that means that God has given you and you alone, no one else on all of the earth, you and you alone, have the unique authority and opportunity to stand in the gaps of your child. Lives. There is there is no one else that is suited to do it better than you. Not your not not the kids' grandparents, not teachers, not their Sunday school teachers, not me as pastor, not Pastor Corey. Right? You are the authority that God has placed in their lives. Stand in the critical gaps when they don't know what to do don't know where to go, and need someone to follow. It is you. And God has chosen you for that task, and he has given you authority for that task. Um, there was an interesting thing that happened. I don't know if he's here this morning. I don't know. If, is Javi here this morning? Is Javi here? Okay, so... When we were in Honduras, um, Katie and Hobby thought it would be this excellent cultural experience for Corey and I to take us to um, downtown Tegucigalpa and take us to a, a club soccer game. Now, I know for you, uh, for us Americans, when we talk about soccer, we're like, "Oh yeah, soccer, math, whatever," right? Um, no, not in any other country in the United or er, uh, in the world, right? Um, soccer is life. Tacos are life here. Soccer is life there, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and <laughs> and listen, uh, we were walking in um, downtown in the city of Tegucigalpa, a very large city, um, and uh, we were very busy that day. And it was it was Sunday, so I had my church clothes on, right? And um, just in case I wasn't the most gringo man in all of Honduras that day, I had my church clothes on to go to a soccer game in Honduras, right? Red beard, blue eyes, church clothes on, middle of Honduras. So um, as you can imagine, I blended right in, right? Um, so as we we parked the car, right, and we were walking uh, to the stadium, and we had to walk a little ways through um, some. Uh, I, I, I've felt safer in life. Let's just put it that way. Um, uh, there, there's times where I've been more comfortable, um, and uh, as as we were walking, we were kind of following. Um, we were following Javi and his dad and uh, usually i'm pretty I'm uh, pretty confident person in those types of environments but these people would like started just like um you know it's like gringo alert going off right and so they would start to approach us right and as we were walking javi was, like pull money out of his pocket and go like this pull money out of his pocket and go like this pull money out of his pocket and go like this and then we asked him what you know javi what are you doing he's like i was paying them to leave us alone Because they like, um, you know, they see, they see us, and they're like, easy targets. Easy peasy, right? And so Javier, in this, like this, you know, it's kind of funny to talk about, but like, honestly, in this incredible act of honor and protection and shielding us even from the Danger that we didn't even really knew um, existed began to, began to stand. He stood in that gap for us. He he stood in that in that place and took care of right. Kind of kind of cleared the way, parted the sea, so that there, so that we were safe. So that so that we were uh, that we were okay. All right. Um. There's a, you know, a scripture in um, the book of Ephesians. If you have a Bible, I want you to take it out, turn it over to uh, Ephesians chapter six. Um. And uh, you see, oh, what we've talked about already is that. When we, come to, when we come to an awareness that um, the enemy is training every day to destroy everything that is close to the heart of God in our lives, um, uh, Paul's, Paul's message to the Ephesians, uh, to the church in Ephesus is that reminder, right? Hey guys, I want you to remember, right? Um, open up, open up your eyes. Um, do not be unaware of the schemes of the enemy, right? Um, and, and and see, right? Uh, see, like, and, and like that's why I tell the story of uh, of Javier in, in, when we were in Honduras. Is like we could have been like just completely unaware of the danger around us, right? Completely unaware, and. And in a manner of speaking, we can, in certain measures, stand in the gap for other people so that the danger that is around them, that they may be unaware of, whether it be their physical age, right, our little kids, or their spiritual maturity, right, they're, they're living in darkness, they're living in sin, or they're new in their faith, right, and so they're they're not, they're not aware that the enemy is actively trying to destroy everything in them, right? So, so we're, we're uh, in a manner of speaking, um, uh, paying off to part the way so that they may have safe passage to God's purpose for them. Well, Ephesians 6 kind of stamps down the reality that there is a battle that's being fought all day, every day. All of the time. And listen, um, we're not talking here about like um what's the word I'm looking for? This is not theoretical, right? This is not a cute story, this is not a, this is not a parable that Paul is telling to try and demonstrate a larger spiritual principle or point, right? He's Paul's like, like, look. Believe it or don't believe it, it's happening. If you want to be prepared, if you want to both clear the way for others and clear the way for yourself, know that this is happening. Understand that you have tools. So Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know, you don't have people problems. You don't have people problems. You have an enemy who is actively trying to destroy and destruct everything that is close to the heart of God around you. Think, well, what are you talking about? I, the enemy's using that jerk that I work with, right? To get at me? Yeah, because every time you look at him, right? Your attitude completely changes, right? And you forget that you're on mission for Jesus Christ place and all you can think about is how much you wish this jerk would find another job. Right? Can I get an amen from someone who believes it? Right? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Right? You don't have people problems. You have, you have an enemy who knows like your three-year-old how to push every single one of your buttons. Amen. Come on now. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers. It is against authorities. Satan doesn't send, Satan doesn't send little minions, right? They're, they're not little, right? Not little demons. The big ones. They're authorities. Against... Uh, he, uh, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and lest you think God just wants you to stand there and and suffer under right the assault, without any way of fighting back, Paul says, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There is no greater weapon that we have in the spiritual battle against an enemy who is trying to destroy everything that is close to the heart of God in our lives than the Word of God, right? You think of, you think of the most... Um, Uh, The most obvious example is the moment in Matthew chapter 4, 3, 4, where Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted, right? By the enemy himself. Now we're talking Jesus here, right? We're not talking Cameron Leinhart. We're talking the Son of God, by, by whom, through whom, for whom, all that was created was created, right? It's all about him. All of the authority of heaven and earth placed under his feet. And Satan still comes and attacks him. And what does Jesus say? Hey, scram, don't you know who I am? No, no, he immediately pulls out the weapon that he know, knows wields the most power in the spiritual battle. And Jesus himself quotes the word of God, sword of the spirit. In a fight. Listen. We stand. The, this battle is real that we face. Okay? And, and, and we stand. We stand in. And, and we, we step in front of. Right? We, we do, I'm not a basketball I'm the worst basketball player you ever saw in your life. Um, but we... We, we, we defend like a defender, right? Shuffling our feet, right? Standing in front of, being a shield. So that, so that when, when the enemy is shooting arrows at our children, they got to go through us first, right? They, they must get a, around us. The enemy, the enemy is shooting Arrows at our children. Listen, the enemy is daily attacking your children. Daily. Minute by minute, moment by moment, there is nothing closer to the heart of a parent than their child. And, And the enemy is ruthless. And... And he will attack you at your weakest, most vulnerable point. And listen, here's the thing with children. Um, There, we talked about what do we have to defend ourselves in this spiritual battle. Well, I think the biggest thing that we have is our shield, right? So Ephesians 6, says we have this this shield of faith, right? And and children, they, they have a shield of faith too, right? It's not as if they don't have their own shield. Um, my my son, I know, I've, I've told stories about him before. My son, at, at regular intervals, expresses greater and deeper levels of faith in Jesus Christ than I do. Right? Um, so in some ways, his shield is very, very strong and impenetrable. Right? But it's also very short right because it's not it has not grown in the breadth of life experience okay our faith our faith grows as we live life right because we're shown over and over and over again the goodness of God right God God proves over and over again his his faithfulness to us, and as we express faith in God, right, and and God shows His faithfulness to us, our shield grows a little bit higher and higher and higher and higher, and soon enough we know that our shield is as tall as I as we are, right, and we can stand behind it all day because we're standing on what God, the faithfulness of God that He has shown us throughout our whole lives, right? But a child, while their shield is thick and impenetrable. It is short, which means it leaves them exposed. And so we must take our shield, right? And we must like clink it down in front of them. We must, we must place it in front of them. And listen, even if you might be standing there and be like, man, well my, even my child has such greater faith than I do. Has such greater passion than I do. My fi- my shield is small too. My, I I don't. It's not like my shield is any bigger than his. I don't, I don't know if I can really defend him very well. Listen, right? Don't overthink it, right? Even if your shield is small, right? Two shields are better than one, and there is no substitute for the spiritual passion of a parent who is willing to protect their child. None. You will will shake the gates of hell with a passion to protect your child when you understand Satan's schemes to destroy their lives. No matter how small your shield, God will use that moment to grow your shield, to thicken your shield, and then all of a sudden you will begin to, to discover living within you is the spirit of a warrior that God was ra- waiting to give birth to. How, how do we hold a big shield for our children? How do we do that? Well, uh, we hold a big shield for our children through the act of intercession. Now, that's a can be a you know big old fat Christian word, right? That might not mean anything to you right now, but um, think of it this way: um, interceding. Or the act of intercession, right, uh, is the is really the the act of of standing in between, or standing in the gap for someone else. When you pray for someone else, when they come and you say, um, "I'm sick," or, man, you know I am. I'm going through this, my marriage, and things are not going well, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to fix it, and um, I've tried to pray, but I don't even know what to pray, um, and I don't even know if God wants to heal it. I, I'm just like, I throw my hands up, I don't know. And, and, you, and you come to me, and you, and you say, will you pray for me? And, and there's this gap, right, that you're experiencing. This gap of, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't see a way out. Um, I, I'm so, because it's so difficult to see something clearly for what it is, right? When it's, when it's two inches from your face. All right? And so, and so you, you gain there, there's some spiritual clarity and discernment and authority that is gained. There's some, there's some ground that is to be won when, when, when you pour your heart out to a, a sister or brother in Christ. Ask them to pray for you because, because they stand back 10 or 15 feet from that thing and they see it very clearly. Perfectly clear. I don't know why my marriage is... I'll screw it. well, it's because of this and this and this and this. Why oh, I don't know. Well, let's just spend some time in, in prayer about it, right? And and so we come, right, and we're able to stand in that gap, that gap that they can't see. That gap that they don't know it's there. Maybe they do know it's there, right? But maybe they don't have the spiritual energy, the emotional energy. They're exhausted from the spiritual fight. Right, they're, they're they're exhausted from from from. Holding their shield up all day, swinging the sword, getting dinked in the helmet of salvation. Right, it's like they're they're worn out, and and they need some help, and they need someone to stand in that gap for them. And so we come and stand in that gap, and and we and we pray life into them, and we pray the faithfulness of God, and we and we pray the power of God, and we pray the promises of God, and 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 we boldly go before the throne of grace because because we have the name of Jesus, and we're gonna say. In that person's life, not today, Satan. They they might not have the words to utter it, but I'm here now and I see the gap and I'm standing in not today. And that's exactly how we hold the shield of faith. A big, honking, thick shield of faith for our kids. Is we is we pray. For them. We pray for them. Now, I want to give you some examples. Right? I want to ground this idea of intercession in the word. All right, So let's look at Romans chapter 8 first. And know, um, so, so that we know, so that you know, um, all of the time, all of the time, you have someone that is interceding before the Father on your behalf. That that you you can be an intercessor for sure, but but you are being interceded for all of the time. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 26. So, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The weakness is our gap, right? That's what we're talking about. We have a gap. We do not know what we ought to pray for. You ever been there? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us who is our intercessor spirit of god what are you talking about it's crazy talk no see the spirit the spirit of god likes you do you know that we we we, we make uh, this no there's No one's going to argue that God, I mean, maybe you might not know or feel like God loves you very much, right? Sometimes that's, we, we gloss over the love of God and forget to remind each other that God doesn't just love you, he likes you. Like he actually likes you. He enjoys you. You you are his great pleasure. You you are the treasure of his heart. And he and he delights in you. He celebrates over you. He he sends his spirit to intercede for you when when your life is just one big gap it's just full of weakness and you're and you're so lost in the gap and you're so lost in the darkness and you're so weak and feeble in your spirit and in your mind and you don't know what to do you don't even know what to ask god for and if didn't know what to ask God for you wouldn't know how and you would feel ashamed like well God doesn't even like me and how could I ask for that and it was like hey bro I got you I got you when you don't know I will send my spirit himself the spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. In the midst of our inability to pray, in the midst of our inability to to grab hold of the great promises of God that will deliver us out of circumstance, that will deliver us out of depression, that will deliver us out of anxiety, that delivers us out of bondage, that delivers us out of brokenness. When When we don't have the physical capability, the mental capability, the spiritual capability to grab onto that promise, the Spirit himself intercedes for us so that, so that we may come to the full will of God. John chapter 17. Okay? Is like the... I mean... Jesus intercedes. Okay? When you go to John chapter 17... You see, this, you see this attitude of intercession by, by the Savior himself, right? He's got these, got these disciples that have been following him around, and, um, and uh, he's just about to leave, right? About to be crucified, um, resurrected, ascend back into heaven. He's told his disciples back in chapter 13 and chapter 14, hey, I'm leaving, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to make a place for you. I'm going to come back. I'm going to get you with me. And the disciples are like, Whoa, 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 And a lot of turmoil in their lives, right? Because Jesus has given them all these marching orders, right? You're going to do this. And you're going to do this. And demons are going to listen to you in my name. And you're going to heal the sick and you're going to raise the dead and the disciples are like I thought we were just going to go fishing right right and so Jesus recognizing the gap right Recon- recognizing the fear recognizing their 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 the inner turmoil of man we can't do this we this is not us right we ain't got the goods right we can't back it up Jesus he begins to pray for them in these chapters right and in John chapter 17 um, try, go to verse 11. So, the whole section here is Jesus prays for his disciples. And so he's, listen, he's. We should, it's a great, we should always learn lessons from the way that Jesus prays, right? Amen. Because he never prays for the benefit of the people around him. You know? You ever, you ever get in one of those like prayer circles? You're like, man, I'm gonna pray so that little Jimmy over here, he hears my prayer and he's gonna, and, and then he knows I see what he's doing and he's gonna he's gonna fix it because of that, right? So what do we end up doing? We're 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 praying to Jimmy, right? We we ain't praying, we're not we're not praying in those moments, right? You're you're using you're using. Prayer as a spiritual form of passive aggressive gossip. Stop it. Right? Prayer. Prayer is, is a moment where you are in communion with the Father, right? We have, an, we have an audience of one when we pray. An audience of one. There ain't nothing that anyone else can do, right? That the Father can't do and hasn't already decided he's going to do, all right? Stop praying for the benefit of those around you as they listen. Pray to the Father even when you're praying for someone. Right? They don't they don't need just encouragement, right? They don't need encouragement. No. They don't they don't need encouragement. They need a they need an infusion of the Holy Spirit of God sent by the Father. Pray to the Father. Right? And so Jesus here is not praying so that his disciples hear. Lord, I just pray that they would all be one. Right? He's not praying for unity so that they would hear and get their act together. Because he knows that they're not going to get their act together just by listening. He prays for unity to the Father because he's, he knows that the Father is the only one capable of producing in them the spiritual results that, that they need to get, right? And so when we pray for our children and when we pray for others, we're not pray, we're not, oh, dear Lord, I pray that Abby would really obey, right? We're not praying so that she hears. We're praying so that the Father hears. And Jesus prays here so that the Father hears. He's praying for his disciples, and he says, I will, I will remain in the world no longer, Father, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you, Holy Father. This is it right here. This is the verse. You want to know what to pray over your children? You want to know what the shield is that you hold in front of them? You want you want to know, you want to know how to intercede for your for your children. I, to the Father, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Amen. Holy Father, protect them by the power of the na- your name. The name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. He goes on later in, uh, the, in the very same prayer in verse 15. He says, uh, my prayer, Father, is not that you take them out of the world. Ha! ha. Oh, Jesus! Boop! Mind blown, right? Don't, don't save them from all of the horrible circumstances they're going to go through. Right? Don't, don't just take them out of the world as if, um, as if eliminating every negative experience or circumstance... Um, uh, or situation in their lives somehow is better for them. It's not. You don't, you're not your child's savior. You, you don't help your child by saving them. You hurt your child. Your, your child is one savior. One my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but what? But that you would protect them from the evil one. Now listen, this is what it means to intercede. To, to stand in the gap. To hold a shield. So that every flaming arrow of the enemy just deflects. The more you pray, the bigger the shield gets. And, and listen, um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of Jesus. Right? And Jesus is a really good intercessor. But, but does anyone know of the guy in the scripture name Epaphras? See, Epaphras is a dude, right, that you've probably glossed over this, read, read through this, Um, portion of scripture you know lots of different times and being like well yeah Epaphras good dude yep moving on but but the act of intercession is like sometimes so behind the scenes that we don't we don't even we don't recognize it but how powerful it is in in the life of um in the life of someone so I love Epaphras he's like he is the he is the intercessory dude of the New Testament. Turn to Colossians, the end of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 12, 12 and 13. ready Epaphras this is Paul writing to the Colossians right Epaphras who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus oh by the way you know where Epaphras is praying from prison right Paul is in prison writing a letter to to the Colossians right He's talking about all of his fellow prisoners, right? And as he's writing to the church in Colossae, he's like, "Hey, Epaphras is here. He's one of you guys." So, the people in Colossae, they're all out doing their thing, right? Living their lives, going to their church, right? And Epaphras, this dude, locked away in prison, I believe is like is the spiritual force behind why the church in Colossae is doing so well. Because it says this about him. Who is one, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Heropolis. Epaphras, even in the midst of the brokenness of his circumstance, he could not be in a worse place, right? He takes it as his spiritual charge to wrestle in prayer that those in his church would stand firm. Stand firm in the will of God. Here's what we're going to do, all right? Because um, here's what I believe about, um, about staking a claim in your child's life saying, not today, Satan. Not my child, not today, not now, not ever. Not ever. Three weeks old, Sixty years old. I don't care how old my child is, as long as I have breath in me, not today, Satan. God has given me authority in their lives, not you, Satan, not today. You can't have them. I'm not giving up. It's not too late. Right? When I don't have faith enough to pray for my child, the Spirit will intercede on my behalf. Not today. Here's what we have. Listen, having a habit and a spirit of intercession over our children changes the way that we see their behaviors, their personalities, and the patterns of their lives. When we make it a habit... And when we take upon ourselves a spirit of intercessory prayer on behalf of our children, God gives us the grace to see everything that's happening in their lives through the window of Satan's desire to destroy them. Even in the most subtle of ways. And so when we... Uh, my, 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 my encouragement, my charge to you this week is that if you have a child, I have five, so I'll be, do, I'll be writing five of these this week, right? Is that for every child that you have, and, and we know we're, we're talking about kids this morning, and this is, it's important, but like I said, this is applicable to everyone in my life, Right? In fact, I I I tell you what I'll promise you that I will write one also for my wife and I will write one for my pastor. All right, a prayer of intercession specifically um, geared to my child. I know them well, right? Because I have spiritual authority in their lives. I see the I can see the gaps in their lives. I don't always understand why the gaps exist. Or how to fill those gaps. Or what's going on there spiritually behind the scenes that I can't see. But what I do know is that the Lord sees it. And what I do know is that when I don't know what to pray. That that gap might be filled. That the Spirit is going to intercede on my behalf. Right? That, the, that, those, that those prayers will be heard to the Father. That the Father will st- show himself strong on my behalf. So I'm going to write a, a, um, a prayer that I'm going to pray over each one of my children every day and my wife every day and my pastor every day. I will begin a habit of intercession for them. Because, Because you can't develop a spirit of intercession before you begin to develop a habit. And, and, and don't don't tell me the excuse that you don't want to write the prayer down because then it won't be spontaneous and spirit-filled. It's a horrible excuse, all right? God, the, the Spirit of God um, certainly uh, can inspire you to write something down, all right? Write it down, print it out, put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror in your bathroom, put it on your steering wheel so that you see it in a place every day, where you're going to remember, I'm praying this over my child. I'm praying this over my child. I'm praying this over my wife. I'm praying this over my husband. I'm praying this over my parents. I'm praying this over my pa- my pastor. I'm praying this over my neighbor. Listen, here are some of the things that we're going to pray. All right? Be completely, um, personally suited to your child. But, right? but we have some, we have some, like, um, some, some guidelines from the way that Jesus prayed. Right, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pray um, for the that that God would protect them um, in the power in the name of Jesus. Right? Hey, hey, Jesus, all over my babies. All right, it's all over them. The name of Jesus, all over my babies. Okay, not today, not, not today, Satan. Can't have it. Not today, right? We're gonna we're gonna pray the the name of Jesus all over our children. We're gonna we're gonna pray um, like Jesus did that 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 the Father would protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the evil one, Lord. Protect them. We're gonna we're gonna pray like Epaphras did that that. Lord, I pray that Noah, Father, he would stand firm in the will of God. And firm in the will of God. He would be like Epaphras... Was praying, or that Paul said that you that they may stay stand firm in the will of God, that they may be ch- be mature and fully assured. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray that my children are fully assured of God's love for them. That they have a that they are fully assured that God loves them. That they are fully assured that the grace of Jesus Christ is perfectly sufficient for the forgiveness of their sins. So they don't live in shame. They don't live in guilt. They don't live in fear. They live in the assurance that God loves them and has saved them. And then I'm going to pray that they be fully assured, not just of the love of God for them, but they be fully assured of my love for them. That that that, that God would change me every single day to express a deeper sense of my love and honor and respect for them. But see, here's the thing. We don't want to just, when we're praying for our kids, don't just pray away in the bad. Uh, we, we, it's, it's, easy, it's easy to do that, right? Because when you see the gap in someone's life, it's easy to say, Lord, make the gap go away. Lord, make them more obedient. Right? Um, Or, take away their rebellion. Or, uh, you know, give them eyes to see. So it's really easy to only pray that the Lord would take away the bad. Right? We don't want to just pray away the bad. We want to pray into the good. Right? Lord, I pray that that Noah would show an increasing passion for prayer, an increasing sensitivity um, to Your Holy Spirit. That Lord, that You would continue, like, Lord, You've given him some, such a sensitive spirit, Father. I pray that You would that You would continue to give him gentleness and and meekness and humility, Lord. That he, that he might grow into a, into a man that, um, is. Is tough, but is tender. So we pray into the good things in intercession, right? We don't just pray away the bad things. Listen the spiritual battle, the war is being waged. Every day, all day, right? The, the, the enemy is training. The enemy is scheming. The enemy is working to derail you. To not, no, no, not derail you, to destroy you. He wants you dead. He wants you, he wants you separated from God's love. He wants you destroyed would bring him no greater joy than to see every relationship in your life destroyed. Right. Every circumstance in your life bring you anxiety, bring you pain, to bring you depression. There is, there is nothing that would make the devils of hell separate, uh, uh, celebrate more than to see you squirm under your circumstances. Yep. And they will work relax on you, on the ones you love, on your children until everything is torn down or Jesus returns. The only thing that stands in the gap between the attacks of the enemy and them is you and the power and authority that you call on in the name of Jesus the way that you stand in front of them with a faith that has been bolstered by prayers of intercession and you say not today satan not today you to have them you're not going to destroy them by the power of god in the name of jesus we will stand firm in the will of god period And listen, I'm telling you right now, if you would write a prayer for each one of those people, that would be a long, I mean, if you would write a for each one of those people in your life and pray it every day, maybe multiple times a day, maybe it's the way that in moments of where I don't know what to pray, but I'm burdened, uh, uh, I mean, I got to pray this. If you would pray that prayer in your people's lives every day, man, I, I shudder, I, I shudder to think of, of what would happen in the kingdom if a whole community of people said, not today Satan. Not my people. Not happening. Not going there. You can't have them. I, I dare you to do it. You. I dare you to pray the, those prayers. Pray, pray, pray dangerous prayers. Let's pray one right now. How about that? As the worship team comes back up. Lord, We pray, Lord, knowing that you hear. Lord, um, we know that there is a battle being waged all around us for the hearts and souls of our children. For the hearts and souls of our marriages, of all of our relationships, all the people that we hold dear, Lord, we know, Lord, that um, every day Satan is scheming and working and training to destroy everything that is close to you, everything that is close to us. Lord, we don't see it all the time. We, we don't see it like you do. Um. Lord, but we are not powerless. Lord, we are, we are not powerless. You have not, you have not left us alone. You have not, um, you have not left us without any, any means of defense or, or, or attack. And so, Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would place within each one of us the deepest, most intense desire to storm the throne room of grace on behalf of those we love the most that you would give us lord such powerful prayer such a powerful word from your spirit lord that the enemy runs with his tail between his legs scared because all we keep on saying is jesus the name of Jesus over my child. The name of Jesus over my over my spouse. Jesus over my family. Jesus over my workplace. Jesus over me. Jesus, Jesus, not today, Satan. Lord, 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 we declare that over our church. Not today, Satan. Jesus over this church. Jesus over our mission. Jesus over our leaders. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we love you, Jesus, change us, in your name, amen.